In previous seasons, we opened each show reviewing cases of girls who are currently missing that we call the Aisha Alert. In our third season, we've decided to switch some things around. We will no longer be adding the Aisha Alerts into the shows, but will continue to post new cases of missing black girls on our social media each week. We encourage you to pay close attention to our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram so that you can help us help the families who are still seeking answers and long for their loved ones' safe return. You are listening to Season 3 of Black Girl Missing, a podcast that covers stories of black girls reported missing when they were under the age of 18. When black girls go missing, their cases are severely underreported in mainstream media. We want to shift the narrative. We invite you to listen, learn, and do whatever you can to help us bring as many girls home as possible. Due to the sensitive and sometimes graphic nature of these cases, we advise you to use caution when listening. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to Black Girl Missing. I'm Nikki. I'm Asa. And I'm Feminist Jones. How are y'all doing? Not as good as y'all, because I'm not drinking. You know what? You didn't have to say that. Damn, you put our business out there. We're just here trying to tell stories, and then she tells the stories. I'm feeling real good. I got my little. Quite frankly, I'm drinking water and ice. Is what I'm drinking. I'm ready. Perhaps if you two would hydrate. I'm ready to talk about a missing Mm. girl today. But well, yeah, I had to have my drinky drink because you know sometimes, no. yeah, yeah, sometimes true. it's heavy. We get upset. How how are y'all though? Like how how's things been going with you? You know, things are they're they're coming together yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. You know, yeah. all things considered, all mm-hmm. things considered. Mm-hmm. I am well. That's good. I'm That's better good. than I thought I would be. I really am. Like I I am very blessed. I feel very loved. I feel appreciated. I feel seen and noticed and valued. And I'm good. Wow. That's really I'm deep. not going to cry right now, though. Nope. Mm-mm. I, like I didn't I think we were going that deep. I didn't, I didn't know we were going that deep. Because um, I was just going to say I went to um, Under Armour and got some really dope compression prints, but... <laughs> I was feeling really good about how my ass is sitting, but that is actually, I'm going to piggyback off that and say, I feel loved by you all. And I'm so glad that we get to share this space and do this. We've got some great stuff coming up. I'm really excited Mm -hmm. about this. People have been paying attention to what we're doing here. And that was the whole point, right? When we started, uh, you know, a couple of seasons ago, getting people to, to pay attention to the plight of missing black girls, um, you know, often imitated, never duplicated. You know, we just gang, gang. say that gang gang. Facts. All right, uh, so Nikki, this is uh, take us into what the the story that we're going to have today. So today we are talking about Shakita Brown and her family. Shakita Brown was ten years old. She had deep brown skin, big round glasses with real thick lenses, and she wore her pressed hair in pigtails when she went missing from her family home in Port St. Lucie, Florida in the summer of 1985. She had two younger brothers, Barry and Brandon, ages six and two. 
Shakita lived at home with her dad, 35-year-old James Michael, and her mom, 27-year-old Caroline. The Browns seemed like a regular family. Married in 1975, Caroline and James were both school teachers who took their children to church on Sundays and stayed involved in 4-H activities. James adopted Shakita after marrying her mother and raised her as his own. They were all scheduled to attend the Walker family reunion in Tallahassee, Florida in August of 1985, but never made it after Caroline's mother called police to report her missing. She told police that the last time she spoke to the family was around July 4th. They missed the family gathering and Brandon was supposed to be enrolling in preschool. When investigators arrived at the Brown home, it appeared to be undisturbed. There was food rotting at the dining table and soup in a pot on the stove. Mm. The master bedroom had been freshly painted. Wait, rotting food and fresh paint. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's weird. We're already weird. Okay. So it looked like they were just living a regular life and then they vanished. Right, right, Mm. right. But wait. Caroline's purse was in the garage and all her identification was cut into pieces. Oh. Yeah, no. Mm-mm. Already that, can tell this is a mess. It's mm. a mess. Cue, like the weird horror horror film. This is a mess. It's mm-hmm. a mess. Mm-mm. And it's Florida. And it's right? Florida. Mm-hmm. Okay. The scene appeared odd, but police weren't too concerned because there didn't seem to be any evidence of foul play. Again, Food looked undisturbed. It had just been sitting there. And, you know, people paint their houses all the time. Nothing out of the ordinary. I mean, did they think the rapture came? But the cut of cards. Also just This was a black family. You got to remember mm. that in Florida. In mm-hmm. 1985. Okay. The police in okay. okay, true, true. You know what I'm saying? So they didn't really think that there was anything odd enough for them to continue investigating. People are allowed to leave their homes for extended periods of time without notifying family. Also, again, Black family, small Floridian town, expectations are low. In 1985, Port St. Lucie had about 50,000 residents, most of them white. Today, Port St. Lucie has half a million residents, and only 16% of them are Black. So well, it, that's, a, that's a lot. That's a, that's a lot of growth, and but yeah. they still don't have a whole lot of black. No, yeah. but 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 yeah, but that's some growth, yeah. So a few weeks after Caroline's mother informed police that her family was missing, police returned to investigate further, since neither Caroline or James had reported to their jobs. Upon further investigation, the freshly painted bedroom wall was covering up fresh blood stains. Of course, it was. Of course, of course it, was. it was. I'm surprised it wasn't covering up satanic ritual signs. I don't, of course it was. It, yeah, of course it was. And then the oddest thing happened. James called Caroline's sister. The family's supposed to be missing. And he pops up out of nowhere and calls this woman on the phone. Just ring, ring. Ring, hey, hey, girl. Hey, hey. hey and, all time, no speak. Right. And yeah. says... That she can have everything that is in their home. Wow. Oh. 
and she come said, get this shit so that people can't find it no more. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know what? You know what? Okay. And she says, well, where's Caroline and the kids? And he says, they're out there. Out where? Out there. In That's the wild, blue yonder? No. That's, yeah. Were yeah. they children of the corn? It's very, it sounds like a horror film. It's very, wow. very Wow. No. Several weeks after the Brown family mysteriously disappeared, James turns up in Savannah, Georgia, checks himself into a hospital with a gunshot wound to the head, stating that someone tried to rob and kill him. And he used the name Demetrius Jones. But when his true identity was discovered, he admitted to murdering his family and trying to kill himself afterwards. So he's a family annihilator. Yeah. Again, another one. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Every time. I'm tired. Every time. Every time. But when he really gave the details of what happened, it it's heart-wrenching and it's a little bit detailed. And so if you need to step away from the show at this point, please do. Again, trigger warning for some graphic details. James stated that he shot Caroline in the back while she slept and smothered little Brandon, who slept next to her, placing their bodies somewhere near West Palm Beach, Florida, just south of Port St. Lucie. James claimed that he then drove to Brunswick, Georgia with Shakita and Barry and shot them both in the head. Oh, God. He said he placed their bodies along I-95. But no sign of any four of the victims has ever been discovered. What? Never. What? Mm. Not a half a piece of DNA? But where did all of this come from? Right. So we, right. That's my question. It's like, what happened? Did he have debt? Like, that? because family annihilators are usually driven by like, I got, I can't afford you motherfuckers. Right. So I'm just going to kill you all. There's usually can, something. Yeah. yeah. At least that's what I the white no men do. can no longer be the provider. That's right. at least what the white men, for the white men, like 95% of the time, it's because they got debts and bookies after them. They lost a job or some mm-hmm. shit like that. Or, they, or their, their wife cheating. was filing for a divorce. Yes. Right. Someone's going to take some money mm-hmm. from them. Yeah. Exactly. So this seems sudden and unprovoked. Mm-hmm. But, and this may be big, may not, but in February of 1983, just a couple years prior, James had been fired from his job as a teacher because of an incident where he beat Shakita with a belt for spending 10 cents of her lunch money on a pencil at school. Let me stop. Let me stop right there. Oh. Ooh. Again, trick warning. My initial thought was, what has he done that nobody's aware of? Yes. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. That's, it's just, it seems like such a random one-off situation mm-hmm. that was severe enough for you to be fired from your job. Right. In a state in the South where people routinely beat their children. So mm-hmm. it had to be severe enough Yeah. for them to say, it's not safe for you to teach here anymore. Yeah. And it was a small community school. So it wasn't like there were a bunch of like meddling parents. Mm. Now, school officials noted welts and cuts from the injuries. Oh, okay. 
James was arrested and he he pleaded to aggravated child abuse. He got three years of probation and community service. His teaching license was revoked for the three years of his probation. And he subsequently found work as a 4-H counselor. Now, Ooh, I haven't heard 4-H in a long time. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Not trying to make a situation, but just... Wow. This is right. how yeah, this is how long throwback. Yeah. yeah. Throwback. James reportedly had mental health issues and was abusive allegedly towards Caroline as well. It was reported that she would often stay at their church with the children due to James's temper. Again, what type of st- now this if this is a church going family in the south? Mm. How much was going on and nobody mm. knew? She right. wasn't saying nothing. Right. Oh, how man. much of it was, you know, how churches can be very patriarchal and mm-hmm. very and encouraging um, her well, to stay. Go right. stay at the church for a little while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when he calmed down, yeah. you're going on yeah. home, we'll pray about it. Yeah. How often is this happening to her? And then you think about <sighs> the the blind loyalty that black women sometimes have for black men because mm-hmm. we, we share Absolutely. that kinship. Where it's like, well, I don't want to be the black woman who puts a black man in jail. I won't call police on him because he is a good provider or he is a good dad mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then when the religion comes in and reinforces the patriarchy, right, which yes. is a product of colonization, mm-hmm. we feel like they're supposed to be the leaders. They're supposed to be the mm-hmm. ones to take, you know, the lead in 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 saving us all or whatever yes. the situation is. And so that loyalty that is there is very very strong. And then the dynamic mm-hmm. of chronic abuse is always, yes. is often, what can I do differently to prevent him from doing right. XYZ to me? Mm-hmm. Maybe if I hadn't done, you know, this and that, it would be different. Maybe right. if I just keep the kids quiet or if I stay out of his way or if I do this mm-hmm. or if I do that. Mm-hmm. So we don't know what their relationship dynamic was like, right. what their family dynamic. Yeah. He may have yeah. been. You know, they said he had, you know, mental health issues. We don't know mm-hmm. what that means. It could have been anything from schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, depression. Yeah. It could be anything. Right. We don't know. Yeah. And, like, and so we also don't about... know what your triggers are going to be. And if your triggers contribute to you being violent because that's how you've always self-soothed your mental health issues. We don't know. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about it's a woman with three kids. Where is she going to go? Where is she going to go? Where is she going to go? And we know teachers don't make enough. So, mm-hmm. you know, she wasn't about to, you know, leave with three children and make it on a teacher's salary. Right. And no. she was 27. Mm. She was 27 when it's 27 with three kids. kids. 27 with three kids. One of them mm-hmm. two years old, barely out of pampers, probably. Oh, God. Mm-mm. And at this time in 1985, you're 27, you got three kids. Who going to want you after that? Mm-hmm. We... You and I don't care about that, but we know that we are indoctrinated into a society that tells us if we have children, if we're a single mom, or if we, we get to a certain age, we're now used up and mm-hmm. we have no value. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's going to want me with these three kids? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It ain't no telling mm-hmm. what she was going through. And we've seen that before in some previous ones that we've had where there were women that had children and were, you know, susceptible to men coming in, right? Mm-hmm. Or partners coming in. in. 
Absolutely. And to, because they offered a certain level of stability and financial mm-hmm. support and things like that, emotional support, help with the kids. Mm-hmm. And then it, it turned bad. And I just want to just say really quickly that, you know, for all our single moms out there, we love you. We support you. Just be mindful that there are people out there that prey on um, single moms because they want access to your kids. And I'm not trying mm-hmm. to be a fear monger or anything like that. But I constantly feel, you know, I'm telling women, be careful what you post on social media, pictures of your children, things like that, telling people your whole lives and everything. Because there are some people that are watching that are like, they see it and they're like, oh, she is easy prey because she's broke and she's struggling and ain't no man around Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and she needs whatever. And they are targeting that to have access to your children. So Mm -hmm. I I know that we don't like to think about the boogeyman being just looming around the corner, but what kind of show would we be if we did not let people know that there are men that do target single moms because of this? Absolutely. Now, as for James, he was found not guilty of four counts of murder by reason of insanity by mental defect in late 1985. Now, I want us to just pull out like a mental calendar. Pull out a mental calendar. He went missing in the middle of July, 1985. And by December of the same year, they said, oh, you're not guilty. You go, go ahead. I'm wild. It was even, this is very wild, but to to get diagnosed and get off, get found not guilty that quickly, he had to be exhibiting some very striking symptoms. Was he African American? He's African American, right? He's black. So here's the thing: it's so odd wow. to me because because the black. racism is so real mm-hmm. that they don't think that we can be, you know, have you know, psychiatric disabilities mm-hmm. in this way. Mm-hmm. So we are never afforded the so-called grace of having, you know, a psychiatric disability. And yeah. so that's why I'm kind of balking listeners in 1985 yeah. that they actually found a black man to be so-called insane. Yeah. Because they don't believe that we can do the same way. They don't believe that we can be serial killers because they don't think we're smart enough to be serial killers. Right? This is fascinating. But I would also wonder if they would have the same, it would have the same outcome if it wasn't his black family. Mm, If it was a white family, family. if his wife was white or something mm -hmm. and the children were mixed race, would they have found him Mm -hmm. insane? I also have a question. Yes. What if the people that he murdered were not his family? And they were just, you know, random, just whoever, just random people just out on the street. Would he be found Mm. as, because a court-appointed psychiatrist diagnosed him as a paranoid schizophrenic. Mm -hmm. We know that even though racism is wildly prevalent when it comes to mental health care, we know that. Uh, We know that racism is, is you know, front and center when it comes to the prison industrial complex. But we also know that patriarchy says you can harm a woman, you can harm women and children and it's fine. So how much of this situation was 
He was probably stressed out by all them kids uh-huh. and that woman. Oh, they and probably just told him that was going ahead and just diagnose him as paranoid, schizophrenic, and just be done with the shit. Yeah, and, and I'm I'm addressing it that way because it happened so fast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's I mean, what it, I think is the issue: the timeliness of this. It makes me uncomfortable. And I'm not saying that he he didn't have you know paranoid schizophrenia. I'm not saying that. But it just seems very, very fast. Um, and for the time in when this was, 1985, you know, they weren't they weren't as far along in mental health as they are now. Yeah. That was almost 40 years ago. <laughs> um, it's just it's very curious. And James did claim that he had been hearing voices in his head at the time of the murders. Something which he says has continued in the years preceding the killings as well. And he was committed to a behavioral health hospital in Florida after being found not guilty and was moved to a halfway house in 1996. James was released from the halfway house a year later, but was under investigation for exhibiting further psychotic behavior after his initial release. He told officials after he recovered that he killed his family because he thought he had given them a venereal disease. Uh, what? Uh, hmm. Uh, okay. I don't even know what to do with that. So, did you have paranoid schizophrenia, or did you contract syphilis? Mm. And you had it for so long that, that it caused psychosis. It caused because psychosis syphilis fucks with your brain. Yeah. Wow. Ooh. That's why I was making that face the whole time. Like, wait till I get to the end of this. Everybody's going to shit. Because because it happened so fast. No, because it does does affect your brain. Yes. Mm -hmm. If it goes, if you have untreated, 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 and it goes untreated. As a matter of fact, isn't that how Al Capone died? Is it? I think so. I don't be following these white people. <laughs> All I know is whether or not they was thrown in a river with some cements on their feet. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, syphilis. <laughs> but yes, he said that. Tuskegee, though. Yeah. So Tuskegee. Here's, here's my thing. You stupid. Here's my thing. Here's my thing. If a court appointed psychiatrist diagnoses you as a paranoid schizophrenic in a matter of weeks, in a matter of weeks, and and his trial was going on during the holiday season, November, mm-hmm. December. Mm-hmm. So what I'm thinking, what I'm seeing in my mind is lots of continuations, mm-hmm. lots of, you know, putting it off, rescheduling, whatever, lots of recesses, things like that. Folks are trying to spend time with their families, drawing it out. But for you to be arrested, yeah. um, Sent back to Florida, mm-hmm. processed, put on trial, and your trial was complete before 1986. That's wild. Because they said you had paranoid schizophrenia. And then when you get out of the hospital, you say, well, I killed them because I thought I gave them something. I thought you were hearing voices back then, though. That's fucking wild. There's no, that that is the most ridiculous is, shit I've heard in a very long time, and I'll be on Twitter every day. But, so you know that takes a cake. Yeah, and like I'm thinking back to like how that you said like 
there was fresh paint to cover up blood on the walls. Would that be something that someone who's hearing voices would do? Or is that somebody who is cognizant enough to want to cover up their crimes is going to do? Bingo. So, so that's a great question. And I think though, is that you can have episodic but, psychosis. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So you may and, have- and, Right. And so there are times where he was you know, exactly. Mm -hmm. And probably was like, I don't know how this blood got on the wall, but I'm gonna cover this shit up. And Mm -hmm. then like, and then with the cut up identification Mm -hmm. that may have gone into, if he was maybe actually hearing voices and they were saying so, but like none of this tracks, but Mm -hmm. also I don't really expect it to because it's reporting on a black family. They're not going to go too in depth. But then, also, I just want to point out that James Michael Brown is still alive. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, he's still alive. Um, in 1998, he went back to prison for trying to rob a bank. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And then I think he did about five or six years, and okay. now he's drifting. He's just, he's he's out there somewhere. But- He's still alive. He is a free man at this moment, as far as I can tell. I didn't find any records of him being locked up at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, he is 72 right now, I believe. Um, he has a full gray beard, full gray, uh, like short afro sort of hairstyle. Uh, full, not even gray, he's just like white at this point. He has, you know, very dark skin. He is short, tur on the shorter side. He's about 5'8". A little heavy set guy, so he just looks like that. You know, the average older black guy. Nothing, you know, real stark about the way that. If he anybody looks. knows anything, definitely email us blackgirlmissingpodcast at gmail If you know anything about this, if you please heard do, anything, yes, please let Ooh. us know because we're always interested in updates. This guy is roaming around, right? You know, and, and, and the thing there is, little news coverage on this case, right? Like, and so that's <laughs> what I was going to say is that, like, when it comes to missing black girls or mm-hmm. you know people mm-hmm. killing black girls. Not a whole lot of follow-up, not mm-hmm. a whole lot of, you know, stuff popping up in the news. Mm-hmm. But if anybody has, you know, heard this case and it may be close to the situation or knows anything, definitely hit us up and, you know, we'll do some follow-up on our Patreon um, and give you some more information. Yeah. So it was, it's what a very hell? interesting story with some twists and some turns. It took me a very long time to compile all this information. Um, there was a lot of conflicting information I had to try to work through. Um, also, in a lot of the reports, um, sometimes Caroline's name is spelled Caroline, and sometimes it's it's spelled Carolyn. So mm. if it's Carolyn and not Caroline, I apologize for that. Um, but yeah, Shakita Brown and family never found, never, and it's like it. I'm baffled by that because I-95 is such a busy area. Mm-hmm. Mm. And there's been so much development over the years that you would think somebody would have stumbled across something. Now, is because it's in Florida, is I-95 near like uh, areas of water? I can't remember. Mm, in some spots, yeah. Because I'm thinking gators. That is very possible. That is very, very possible. But, but- then- the, like the two other kids Savannah. that he took to Georgia. Yeah. Now that I can't figure out how they can't find anybody, but yeah. But like when he was found in Savannah, because he was found in Savannah, it ain't no telling where he had been, 
you know, it doesn't seem like police were actively looking for him. Um, it was just like, oh, well, he's just gone. Then that's it. Um, there wasn't, you know, like a, a widespread look for the family or for him or anything like that. There, you know, so I'm I'm also confused about how the families handled this because it doesn't seem like there was any hope that she was still alive. However, some of the message boards where they have like the super sleuths, you know, people like that, there are there is some speculation that uh Caroline Brown and Shakita and Barry and Brandon actually never died and just ran away from him. Right. Yeah. I would love to believe that, but I'm not sure that I do. Yeah. I I, I want them to be alive and just living their lives somewhere. And maybe the family didn't yeah. say anything to the news because they know that they're alive and that they ran from him. Um, But his story, yeah. his confession, the whole venereal disease thing, like all of that just, it tells me that they, they are gone and that something terrible did happen to them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. especially like, the, you know, the blood on the wall thing. Yeah. Like, and then the cut up identification, where yeah. she, which, how far is she going to get? Right. Three kids Without, and no ID. Right, with no ID. Right. And it's like, and, that and, 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 and people don't believe you, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's always, there's, there's a lot of privilege when you are, say, a white woman mm-hmm. and you go somewhere and say, I lost my my um, my license and my credit cards and things like that, you're extended a lot more grace. You could probably mm-hmm. check into a hotel because they'll extend you that grace. When you're a black woman, they're looking at you as everything is possibly wrong with you and mm-hmm. you're just trying to scam or what whatever the hiding? situation is. What are you mm-hmm. hiding? Are you on drugs? Are you homeless? Mm-hmm. But all these mm-hmm. kinds of things, you're never given a benefit of a doubt. Nope. So, yeah. Yeah. So I... I mean, if they are by chance, you know, alive, I hope that they're all healthy and happy. Um, I hope that, you know, if they are, you know, passed on that, you know, their memories are felt by their loved ones and that they, you know, that they can feel that we were actually thinking of them and and talking about them. Um, Shakita deserved to, you know, grow and she would be my age, right? Well, she'd be a year older than me right now. Um, I'm sorry, 10 years older than me and, or 11 years older than me. I can count. I swear. Um, (laughs) her brother would be a year older than me. And, um, it's just sad. It really is. And I hope that James Michael Brown is behaving himself wherever he is. I don't know if he's still in Florida or not, but I know that he's out there. I would assume he's probably unhoused just because he's got a record. Mm-hmm. Mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And he was 35 all right. when all of this went down. So that's a very large chunk of time for him to have not been in the workforce. Mm-hmm. So if he's drawing mm-hmm. social security, it ain't much. Right. Okay. <sighs> that was a rough one. That was that Oof. was a, that was a lot. That was a little bit heavy. Yeah, I wasn't throwing expecting. Throwing for a couple of loops. I was throwing for a couple yeah. of loops there. Yeah, I was Mickey, not Mickey expecting the end. always finds those ones. Yeah, no, she finds the, 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 the really meaty ones. I try to come mm-hmm. through. You, know you do. You do come through. Oh, we're so happy that you all tuned in and joined us uh, this one for this episode. And uh, we look forward to uh, having you back next time. Um, yeah. I love y'all. I love y'all you too. Awesome. I kind of like y'all. Wow. <laughs> okay. We'll revisit that next time. 
Sure. Wow. Okay, great. Bye, y'all. Bye. Black Girl Missing Podcast is researched, written, and produced by three concerned black women who want justice for missing black girls. Today's episode was written and produced by Nikki Irene, and the Black Girl Missing theme was produced by Siraj Khalif. Be sure to follow us on social media. On Twitter, we are at BLK Girl Missing. On Facebook, we're at Black Girl Missing Pod. On Instagram, we're at Black Girl Missing Podcast. Visit our website for more information about each case, blackgirlmissingpod.com. Contact us on social media or email us at blackgirlmissingpodcast at gmail.com with any tips, feedback, or names of girls you want us to look into. You can further support Black Girl Missing by subscribing to our Patreon, where you will receive exclusive behind-the-scenes content and bonus episodes. Go to patreon.com slash blackgirlmissingpodcast and subscribe today. We really appreciate your support.